what's better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast presented by locked on it's joe marino and kyle Krabs from the draft network and we are your hosts here on this friday episode of the show kyle do you remember i don't know geez maybe three or four years ago when we were podcasting and we had dedicated a bunch of time to figure out who your favorite NHL hockey team was going to be. I feel like this was not even three or four years ago. I feel like this was more recently than that. Well, I think we have our answer, right? Yeah, it's the Kraken. <laughs> no question. What a launch, man. No what question. A launch. The video, the colors, the logo, the name. The I mean – Two-tone blue with an accent of red. It's beautiful, man. Yes. The, the logo is fire. The jersey or the, the sweaters, I guess, right? The hockey mm-hmm. he calls them sweaters. They're Weird. fire. Uh, it's Seattle, so it's, it's a city that I, I don't have any negative connotation with. I'm all in on the Kraken. I'm a crackhead. Oh, right boy. Now. Is that their – that's <laughs> even better, I guess. I don't know. Can I defend Washington? The Washington Football Club? Listen, here's the thing. Uh, Yeah, go ahead. ahead. I want to defend them, and Uh, that seems crazy. It seems crazy. uh, Hear me out. uh, All right. We have learned a lot over the last, I guess, really year, but but also in the last several years about branding and how important branding is for your product or your organization or whatever you are, especially in sports. You cannot – properly rebrand an entire franchise in such a short period of time. I know some people are like, I'll just pick a logo and pick a name and move on. No, it's critical. And and you know why it's critical? We saw it yesterday. Seattle launched the Kraken yesterday and Twitter is on fire. This is crazy. There's a lot of positive momentum. People are losing their shit over how awesome this is. Imagine if they nail it like that. Now, obviously they got to win some football games here eventually. That's going to be important. But you want to talk about rebounding in the best possible way, nail the rebrand, don't rush to it, and absolutely crush it. Now, if they fail, it does put a lot of pressure on them to get it right. But if they kill it, you're going to have a lot of of really positive momentum. Don't rush. But here's the problem. It came out the same day as the Kraken. Yeah, slide it in right there. (laughs) Slide it in right there. Oh, man, everyone's fired up about this. Just, Just slip this in there. Don't blame them. No, don't slip it in there. You, you, you've got totally outclassed because of this terrific brand reveal, and you are reverting to uh, create a team jerseys <laughs> and haven't even picked a name. Right, because you, I understand. I, I understand that you don't want to rust that process, and I get it from a merchandising perspective and so on and so forth. They're just going to build a bridge for a year. I get why they did it, but you can't put it out the same day the Kraken is unleashed. Well, because it's it's it's, (laughs) wait until Friday. Do the Friday at four p.m. news dump. (laughs) So you're okay with my line of thinking? You're just like, yeah, you shouldn't have done it like within minutes of the Kraken coming out. Correct. Okay, fair enough. Go win your go win your three or four football games this year. It's a throwaway year anyway, and then come out with the DC Sentinels and have an amazing logo and all that stuff. And, you know, Ron Rivera, take this team to the promised land. Let's, uh, let's get back on task here. There's a lot of ground that we want to cover on today's show. 
including one of the things that has been very fascinating to monitor as it pertains to uh, the NFL and their return and and being able to experience as, I guess, normal as possible of a season this year um, is how the NFL is going to choose to handle the salary cap situation. Because obviously, based on revenue sharing, if you have losses in revenue to the degree in which the NFL is expecting this year, uh, there's, there's going to be a great detrimental effect to the salary cap. Well, the NFL owners have been pushing for the Band-Aid method in which they say, okay, whatever we lose in revenue, we're going to put into the 2021 salary cap and be done with it. Is that good? Is it? Do we think that's a good idea, anybody other than the billionaires who own the teams? <laughs> it's not good for anybody but them, right? Well, and it's not even good for some of the owners. Yeah. Like Jeffrey, you think Jeffrey Lurie the, of the Eagles is sitting here saying, yeah, cut $70 million off the salary cap when I'm already $55 million in the red. Hell no. Throughout this process, are you a little surprised that teams don't have like a rainy day fund, the amount of money, the amount of capital that we're talking about that these teams deal with on a daily, you know, monthly, yearly basis, wouldn't you have like a reserve fund that would be slush perfect, fund? perfect for this moment in time in our history? Probably. Are, are they, just, they just need that like consistent flow of cash to keep their operations afloat. Well, I would say this, you know, Billionaire, how, how does somebody become a billionaire if you don't have generational wealth? You invest, right? And when you invest and you get money, you then invest the money you got into something else. So it's kind of like this waterfall effect for the owners that like, they probably doesn't make a lot of sense for them to have a $200 million slush fund dedicated to the New Orleans Saints. Right, because it's not making money for them. Correct. Right? They, they would never do that. Correct. So, and this is also like as unprecedented times as we can think of as it pertains to global health and the economy and and a lot of different things and the restrictions in cash flow in some of these owners, other areas, right? Because of the, the economic impacts probably has this kind of like gridlock effect if they're not able to, to see their, uh, their personal investments and, and markets you know, kind of re-engage. So I, I guess it's, it's kind of sloppy for everybody, but from the owner's perspective, they'll say, okay, well, you know, hope, hopefully this time next year, this will be behind us. We will have everything flowing as normal, and then I can absorb a $70 million loss or something like that, right? Yeah. But the players, they're saying, well, hold on now. We have the opportunity we're, we're going to have the opportunity where we're going to continue to have free agency. We're going to continue to have players looking to sign long-term contract extensions. Why should we bear the brunt of that? Have a, for lack of better phrasing, shit ton of players get cut because teams have to lop off like 33% of their salary cap space. You're going to flood the free agent market with all these veteran players and no team is going to have any dollar space to sign anybody. What are we going to do? We're going to play for the veterans minimum for one year and play on a one year contract. Yeah. It's either play that or don't play. Right. Right. And it's like that, that's, that's not beneficial to the players. 
it's not so good you, for the league. It's not good for the fans. Exactly. So, so you have this very wide divide, right? And it, it seems as though we are making some progress towards some middle ground here. This came out from Field Yates this morning. Uh, regarding how the NFL will handle the projected salary cap windfall, potentially up to $70 million in cap losses per team. The likely outcome is compromise that smooths the hit out over five years from 2021 to 2025, sources told Dan Graziano. This, this, is, this makes sense. The players want to smooth it out over the entire duration of the CBA. The owners want to do it in one year. Put the freaking thing right in the middle yeah. and stretch it out. Right. You know, you, you know what this says to me, Kyle? That Deion Dawkins and Matt Milano are back. I'm, I'm very happy for you. Thank you. Do we need to readjust the Bills team needs? <laughs> we got a lot of work to do. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of fallout effect to this. We spent the last week going through team needs at our TDN scouting meetings. Uh, and, and thinking a lot about the players that just won't be able to come back under the restricted cap. And now, <laughs> and now low low, dynamics. you yeah. know, I'm, I'm not a math guy, but 70 million worst case scenario being 70 million. And it might be less than that. If they get like big sponsorship deals for yeah. like tarps on the first couple rows of the seats in the, in the field and more television deals and so on and so forth. I'm, I would pretty much say let's let the ship sail on fans in the stands it's going to be really weird because there's some teams that have been told by like yeah. public officials y'all ain't having fans in the stands and then there's other teams that are like well we're going to prepare for 25 percent capacity and i just don't know how if you prepare for worst case scenario and it's 70 million dollars in losses over five years that's a 13 million dollar cap hit reduction so you're, you're effectively going back to the 2019 salary cap. Okay. We can work with that. Right. It just doesn't go up all the time. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's been going up and up and up and up and up because right. <laughs> life is good and football is king and so on and so forth. But like inevitably, and you know what, based on the growth rate every other year, by the time 2022 rolls around, the cap will be back to 2020 levels, $200 million. You want to get into this next topic here? I Kyle. certainly do. I know you do. I'll get out of the way. Do your oh, thing. Oh, no. Go ahead. Set the table for me because I got to, you know, readjust my waistband here. <laughs> so we got um, a quote here from Jamal Adams on – our favorite head coach, Adam Gase. Mm. And, and I'll read the quote and I'll, mm. I'll give Kyle the opportunity to mm. do what he's going to do. Uh, this is what Jamal Adams had to say about Adam Gase, the head coach of the New York Jets. He says, I don't feel like he's the right leader for this organization to reach the promised land. As a leader, what really bothers me is that he doesn't have a relationship with everybody in the building. At the end of the day, he doesn't address the team. If there's a problem in the locker room, he lets another coach address the team. If we're playing shitty and we're losing he doesn't address the entire team as a group at halftime he'll walk out of the locker room and let another coach handle it what's that saying about tigers joe something about stripes and they, they don't, don't change. change their stripes adam gase has had like three stripes his entire head coaching career and it's like i don't do player stuff well my opening game scripts are okay and my teams are bad 
Those are the stripes that Adam Gase has as a tiger. And if it looks like a tiger and it smells like a tiger, it's a freaking tiger. And this guy is never going to change. He's never going to do it. So a little known fact about Jamal Adams, it feels like. The guy's under contract for two more seasons, this year and next. Right. Right. Like, I feel like everyone thinks he's like this expiring contract. He's not. How do you – like, is this a situation – John Wall Adams can't go back and play for the Jets under Adam Gase. It literally can't happen, right? You not can't after, say Not this. after this quote comes out. So now my choices are Jamal Adams or Adam Gase? Right. <laughs> what, take, what are we take, doing? Take the 10-year player that wants to be with your organization. Now, the problem is, you know, there's a whole slew of stuff that's come out about Woody Johnson this week as, as well about – Right. Uh, very questionable comments and inappropriate statements. And uh, Jamal came out and spoke about that. And he says, um, need the right people at the top. So now if, if he takes exception with, and that's, this is not even beginning to try to justify the things that Woody Johnson was accused of saying, right? But like, if Jamal's going to take exception and speak publicly out about the owner of the team, you can't fire the owner of the team. Right. So maybe now Woody Johnson's going to say, oh, okay, you want to talk out about me. Now you can go play for somebody else. Well, maybe the best thing you do – well, I don't know. If, if it's not going to work, get everything you can for Jamal Adams. However, you know, like he's not helping himself in terms of maximizing the value and making the Jets eager to want to trade him well, for less than what they should get by, back. by giving them the motivation to get him the hell out of town for whatever they can get for him. Well, yeah, well, that didn't work for Ngakwe, though. So there's, the, there's that piece of it. Yeah, but, but Jan was on the franchise tag. That's a, that's a very different dynamic, don't you think? Two years of player control? He's also ruined the opportunity, I think, to – get meaningful compensation for him. He's been one of the best pastors in the league and he's young. That's what teams want that guy. Right. They should like, but, right. but Jan made it personal with Jacksonville. Well, listen, it, the jets may have no choice, but to fire Gase, trade Adams and, you know, and now you lose pieces. <laughs> Jeez, man, man. Yeah. This, this is a mess. This it's is, a, um, this is heavy hitter. RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. So, Kyle, what we wanted to do for the entirety of the show today, uh, but we were interrupted by some pretty significant breaking news, is address something that happened in the TDN Premium Slack channel last night. And, man, we have a lot of fun in there. If you're not a TDN Premium subscriber, change that. Become a 
TDM Premium subscriber. Get all the great features and have access to the Premium Slack where we talk football all day, every day in a great community where, uh, you know, it's just a lot of fun. And so last night I hopped in. Can I jump in there real quick? Sure. One of the most popular questions I get for TDM Premium subscribers is how do I get in the Premium Slack? So when you sign up for TDM Premium, you would get a confirmation email. And in there, there is a button that you can click that takes you to your invitation to the premium Slack. There you go. Check, the, check emails, those emails. Read your emails. Come hang out with us. So last night I hopped in there, which I do a lot of times because about nine o'clock, I'm definitely done working for the day, but I don't want to start anything else. And I'm just like, let me go talk to my people. So I hop in there. I said, let's have some fun. Let's drop some over-unders in here. You, you, you pick whatever you want football related for the NFL and set the over-under, and let's have discussion about it. And we got, I don't know, 30 at least maybe different talking points in here. So what Kyle and I want to do right now is get into some of these, uh, these very fun talking points. So, Kyle, I'll, uh, I'll drop the first one in here. This is one that the, – the inspiration for this was a conversation that you and I had on the it way is. to the airport. So, it is, yeah. And, and it's about uh, – And you, Mike, you came down off your yardage a little bit. I did just a little bit. Yeah, so now you, you, now to, you didn't have to notice that, Kyle. It's, it's more difficult. I got good recall, what can I say? Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's annoying. It's, it's more challenging. Your number is more challenging now. All right, so here it is. Mike Gusecki, tight end Miami Dolphins. Over, under for receiving yards in 2020. Oh, I'm putting it at 700. 700. 570 last year. Five, seven. I'll take under, but it's going to oh, be like – it's going to be like high 600s. I don't understand this. Like, why are you going to make me defend Mike Gusecki? Because tight ends traditionally have not produced great amounts of receiving yardage and volume under Chan Gailey. <sighs> this guy Chan, had to catch Chan, passes from Josh Rosen last year. He I, wasn't ready to play. He He's caught passes for Josh Rosen for three games, two and a half games. They didn't even – but Rosen didn't even play in the, the second half against Washington. I need 130 more yards in his I understand third season. That. I'm smashing the over on this. Okay. Well, I'm telling you <laughs> that you, you know all about the Scott Chandler era right. in Buffalo. Let's, he probably never had 700 yards, no, but he's not he as good didn't. of a tight end. He didn't. It's 655 under Chan. Okay, and I think that's a perfectly reason between 650 and 675, 680, I think is a great outcome for Mike this year. Better player. He is a better player, but the Dolphins also have a high-volume guy, and I think Devontae will command more targets than what Stevie Johnson did in any of the three years. All right, what do you got? Uh, weeks played this season, over under 12 and a half. I am hammering the over. Over, yeah, moving on. If, if, they get it, <laughs> if they get this whole thing figured out and they get it off the ground and they have opt-out clauses, the, the infrastructure that they have is going to be following the guidelines set by infectious disease experts. I would think that that protocol will protect the players, provided they are responsible, right? And if you're not, then yep. you're going to sit two weeks. Right. So I'm, I'm saying we get a full season. I like this one from uh, Braden put this in there. Mm -hmm. Sammy Watkins receiving yards over under 750. <sighs> I personally think it's absolutely under, and that's coming from somebody who loves Sammy Watkins. Yeah. For whatever reason, since he's left Buffalo, he's not been that type of 
producing player, right? And that's coming from a, a an elite Rams offense in 2017. He only had 593 yards in the last two years with Mahomes in Kansas City, 519 in 2018 and 673 in 2019. You want to know what the secret is? Yes, I do. Sammy Watkins isn't as good as you think he is. Chill. I'm so when, Ky- the under when Kyle well. Orton and EJ Manuel threw him the football, he can average 1,000 yards a season in his first two years in the league? First two years versus where he is now is a very different player. Did you read that article uh, from – was it uh, Ty Dunn about Sammy Watkins and how no. he just was just getting drunk every day when he was in Buffalo? <laughs> no. I guys out there that. getting 1,000 yards a year as a rookie with Kyle Orton and EJ Manuel. Raw talent, right? He got by yeah. with raw talent early on, and I guess he's <laughs> kind of just plateaued. And he's had some injuries too, right? So yeah, like, it's, it's kind of weird, kinda been the weird down his body. Yeah. Um, Jared, here you go. Here's one kind of topically – Appropriate games. Adam Gase coaches before getting fired over under eight and a half. I'm taking the over. Yeah, I'm taking the over. I don't think he makes it through the season though. Really? Yeah. Then why'd you bring him back this year after everything? Who knows, man? I don't know. Like, (laughs) they're probably still playing paying Todd Bowles. (laughs) I don't know, man. I, I can't explain these things. Give me this Byron Jones one. Byron Jones interceptions over under two and a half. I'm taking the over here. I already said that on Locked on Dolphins. I was thinking of bold predictions. And one of my bold predictions is that Byron Jones will more than double his career interceptions. He has two right now in his career. I think he gets at least three. Yeah, I think, I think three is the number that seems like the floor. I like the over there as You well. got Xavier Howard on the other side and Igbo in the slot. So, like – inevitably there's going to be some more opportunities for balls to come his way versus you know, quarterbacks that are saying, yeah, you know, I'm just going to eliminate throwing to Byron's side on this play. <laughs> and like, I, I mean, I think the schedule sets up for there to be some interceptions, right? I mean, playing the AFC East, right? That's six mm-hmm. of your games where, mm-hmm. I mean, does anybody think that the, anyone in the AFC East is like, has a for sure top ten quarterback? Yeah. No. Yeah. You play in a last place schedule. You play in the a- a- the in West. Jacksonville. You Jacksonville yep. a- AFC West, right? Yep. I mean, you don't. Tyrod's not going to throw picks. We know that, but right. Well, he's also going to average two yards in attempt, but right. But uh, so you hope Justin Herbert's <laughs> playing for that game. I think there's a course here. Chase Young. Stacks over under eleven. Man, this that's one's- such a high watermark. It is for a rookie, right? But, like, yes. Chase Young is just crazy talented. You take the under. I think it's safe to take the under, but I don't think either one of us would be surprised if it goes over. No, I wouldn't be surprised. But, you know, that, what's this? Curse has the rookie sack record. It's, what, 15 and a half, 14 No, and a half? I didn't. Didn't uh, Bosa break it? Nick Bosa? Yeah. Did he? Or Joey, actually. Because Nick, did, did. Nick didn't have – Nick did not have – Joey missed, like, the first four games of his rookie season. Yeah, but Nick Bosa didn't even have 10 sacks last year. 14 you know, and a cr- half sacks, Javon Kurtz. Is it it's still his? Okay. Yes. Okay. I remember, I remember um, Nick was on pace to do it, and Bradley Chubb was on pace to do it the year before that. Okay. Chubb got 12 and a half, right? Yeah, he got close. Man, that's what makes me think that Chase Young can do it. <laughs> he can do it, but, you know, that's like you, you got to – and here's the problem. This front seven in Washington is so good, there's so many other mouths to feed for rushing the passer. 
I think he'll get beat out on some reps that he could be winning for sacks and getting finishes by his teammates. And I think that keeps the sack numbers down a little bit. How about this one? Justin Jefferson, the rookie wide receiver for the Vikings, or first for first round pick, over under for receiving yards this year at 675. I'll take the over. They need somebody to step up. Oh, I, yeah, I, I felt very good about smashing the over for mm-hmm. that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number of quarterbacks who played for the Raiders this year, one and a half. You know, you know, Mariota's getting some time. Yeah. Over. Uh, this one was interesting. Michael Thomas catches over under 131 and a half. <laughs> um, I feel certain about my answer here. It's probably, you probably feel under, right? Yeah. I just don't think they've had a number two like now Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. Now, now they, they do. do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joe Burrow touchdowns 25 yeah, and a half. Absolutely smashing the over here. Really? Um, yeah, for sure. Come um, on, man. Baker Baker had 27 in 13 starts. Yes. He, he, Joe Burrow can't. I mean, he can't get more than that with better supporting cast. How many touchdowns? Kyler, how many touchdowns Kyler have last year? I don't know. Do you? I'll find out. Let 24. You know. 24. And Tyler yeah. won. Kyler won rookie of the year, and that's under 25 and a half. I'm taking the over. We don't have to agree. Mm, I don't. I think I'll take the under here. Okay. How the offensive line is not good. Joe yeah. is Joe is great. The yeah. offensive line is not good. And for as good as Joe is, he ain't Kyler running around. I you think he'll take some more sacks. You know, I all think... I heard was garbage time stats, man. That's all I heard when okay. you said that. Okay. <laughs> How about this one? Rookies with 1,000 yards receiving in 2020. The over under at two and a half. Okay. We got Ruggs, Judy. Which one of the first round guys do you think is most likely? Ruggs, Judy, Lamb, Jefferson? Yeah. Ruggs? <sighs> no. Because Judy, I mean, listen, Judy's got Cortland Sutton on the other side. Lamb has Gallup and Amari Cooper. Let me tell you about Lamb, though. So last year in this in this Cowboys offense, Randall Cobb had 828 receiving yards and Jason Witten had 529. There is some market share to be claimed here. Those guys aren't in the building anymore. And somebody's got to catch footballs in Minnesota, right? Uh, I'm going to say under just because how commonly do you see rookie receivers with 1,000 yards? It's not a very common thing. Right. So last year uh, – A.J. Brown – Last year we had, uh, let's see here, A.J. Brown over 1,000. Terry McLaurin, 919 in 14 games. Right, but he didn't go over. Metcalf at 900. Right, he didn't go over. No, they didn't go over, but I I think people would tell you that this is a better crop of receivers entering the NFL. I understand that, but it's not that simple. Let's see if 2018 we had any. 2018 rookie wide receivers. Yeah, no, Calvin Ridley was the most at 821. It'd be aggressive, huh? It'd be extremely aggressive. I think it's under, but it's, I think it was. I've done this. I've done this research before. I know I have. Okay. So if you had to guess who's the thousand yard rookie receivers, you think it's who? Justin Jefferson. You think he's got the best chance to do it? Yes, I do. All right. Here are the rookie receivers in NFL history who have gone over a thousand yards. Oh boy. Okay. He is the, AJ Brown was the eighth wide receiver of the last decade. Yeah, two and a half ain't happened. Okay. 
had A.J. Green, Keenan Allen, Odell Beckham, Mike Evans, Kelvin Benjamin, Amari Cooper, Michael Thomas, and A.J. Brown. Kelvin Benjamin, huh? What a weird outlier, right? Here's a bunch of great football players and <laughs> Kelvin Benjamin. This one's great. Devontae Adams over under receiving yards, 997 and a half. Oh, geez. Because he's, he's, he's had two. He's had two, two 997. I'm going to take the over. They're not going to do him dirty <laughs> again this year. <laughs> oh, man. The guy's only had 1,000-yard season. What? Tom Brady, huddle. Tom Brady passing yards, 4650. No way. No. Under. So, like, does Tom Brady ever do that? He did it, like, yeah, he, in 2007. So, 2015, he had 4770. Okay. In 2012, he had 4827, 52-30. So, he's done – he hasn't touched that since – 17? Yeah, 15. No, 15. 15? Yeah. So, he's had, like, three seasons of this capacity and none in the last four seasons. I'll take the under, and that doesn't mean he's, a, like, not a good player either. Right. Like, you I'm set out. that bar I'm really all the way high. out. I'm all the way out. Uh, I guess I got to drop one here, huh? Yeah, you do. Um, And that's a high number. Okay. What about this Christian McCaffrey one? Where was Uh, it? The all-purpose yards? Yeah, was it 2150? Yeah, 2150 for Christian McCaffrey. I'll probably take the over. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He had, I mean, he had 2392 last year, 1965 the year before. And, like, I think he's going to have I had 403 touches last year though how about this one how about this one okay NFL rushing leader over under 1500 rushing yards hmm let me see what type of data I can pull here so last year uh Derrick Henry beat Nick 1539 yep yeah and by like 50 yards 1494 what did uh let's see 2018 nobody 2018 didn't have a 1500 yard rusher 2017 didn't 2016 probably had Zeke 1631 that okay. was it so we've only had two in the last four years 2015 nobody did it yeah no I, I yeah. think absolutely under. no under. under yes let's uh what do you say we get one more yeah what's this one here this one's good Jarrett Stidham starts in 20. 20, five and a half. Under. So there's so many dynamics there. Like, is he a guy that they really want to feature? If Cam's a guy, can he stay healthy? Like, I think that's right. kind of an interesting number. Um, I'll, I'll bet on Cam being healthy. There you go. Done. Lock it in. That is going to do it for us today on this Friday edition of Draft Dudes. Hey, listen, you're definitely one of going to – hit subscribe on this podcast, but you are also definitely want to keep your eyes peeled on the Draft Network's Twitter and Periscope accounts because Joe and I, our next two shows of Draft Dudes will be live programming. Sunday night, we are doing a Sunday night edition of Takes on Takes. And the reason why we are doing it on Sunday night is because on Monday night, we are being joined by Paige Demakos and Jordan Reed to talk about the top 10 of the TDN 100, which we are continuing to unveil. Yesterday, we did an awesome video for 100 through 76. Today, we're dropping 75 through 51. 
and on Monday, three separate videos to reveal 50 through 26, 26 through 10, or 26 through 11, and then 10 through 1, which we will be talking about live on the air, on Periscope, on YouTube, on Facebook. So lots of places for you to find it, but you got to stay dialed in. We are going to be very active moving forward with some live programming, and we're stoked for it because our experience with live takes on takes for takes on takes 100 was an excellent one. So we're looking forward to bringing you more of this style of programming, interacting with you in real time more and more and more and more. So make sure you keep your eyes peeled. Periscope, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Sunday night, Monday night, Sunday night. Joe, do we have a time? We're going to pick it right now. Yeah, I'm wide open. Same. I <laughs> you want to say, uh, say 7.30, 8 o'clock? Let's do eight. They will definitely be asleep by then. So. Great. So we're going to do eight o'clock on Sunday night. So make sure you set your calendars, set your phone alarms, whatever you got to do, post-it notes on the fridge. Make sure you're there. Chime in with some hot takes. We will react to them in real time. This is Kyle Krabs. Joe Marino, thanks as always for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. We hope you guys enjoy your weekend.